Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, I was, um, I preached a couple weeks ago about the goodness, the goodness of the Lord. And, um, you know, the goodness of the Lord is, is revealed, you know, I, I'm, I'm just here thinking, that, you know, his, his goodness is revealed in two major ways. And first, his, the goodness of the Lord is revealed in a person. Jesus Christ is the manifestation of the goodness of the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everywhere that Jesus went was goodness. It was the goodness of God incarnate. What would God look like if he was in the form of a man? It's Jesus Christ. He is the revelation of God in the form of a man. And the second way that God reveals his goodness is is in the manifestation or the outpouring of his spirit. Now, we don't don't live in those 33 special years years when, when Jesus Christ walked as a man on the earth. But we live in the time when the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is poured out on on all flesh. And the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is the, is the outpouring or the manifestation, the, re, re, the reality of the goodness of God right here, right now. And the, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit can be as real to you as, as, as if the human Jesus walked in the room. The Holy Spirit is real. Amen. His anointing is real. His presence is real. His love is real. When he, when he hugs you, it's just as real as if, if Jesus the human hugged you with his love. It's, it's, he's just, he's real. He doesn't have a human body until he inhabits ours. But he's here amongst us. And so I, w- I want us to, to reflect this morning. I want to reflect on the goodness of the Lord. I don't know how much I'm going to, I have a list of scriptures here in my hand. And, and of, I'm going to be mindful of the time. I'm just going to read these scriptures and, and, and share about them as the Lord leads. But I want to focus today on the word of the Lord and how it describes his goodness and how his goodness looks when it begins to affect your life. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh yeah, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Now here's um, the first scripture is in Exodus 33, 19. This is a very famous passage. This is the passage when, you know, Moses was crying out to the Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Have you ever prayed that prayer before? Show me your glory. You know, it's a, it's a, sometimes we pray that prayer kind of half-heartedly, but what would happen if, if the, the creator of everything that is actually showed us his glory? It would be devastating. It would be life-changing. And that's what he was trying to describe to Moses. He said, Moses, I can't really show you all my glory. I'm going to pass by you. And I'm going to cover you with my hand when I pass by. And this is what it says in Exodus 33, 19. It says, then he said, I will make all my goodness. Everyone say goodness. So he was talking about the glory. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. All my goodness is going to sweep by. You're going to be there on on the mountain waiting in my presence. And all my goodness is going to pass by you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So this this passage talking about the goodness of the Lord, it's, it's closely associated with his name. 
with the precious name. There is only one name given under heaven whereby man must be saved. There's only one name. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the revelation of God. And the name of Jesus is closely associated with his goodness. I mean, if, the, if nothing else is, is working in your life, if you are at the end of everything and you don't know what to say or what to pray, you can just get stuck on this one word. You can just stop and be still and just begin to say this name that's above all names, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. You know, I remember reading... Years ago, I was reading some of the, the stories of Smith Wigglesworth and the miracles that took place in his ministry. You know, he's an interesting character. He was a plumber that was illiterate. He couldn't read. Did you know that about him? He couldn't read. The only thing that he could read a little bit was the Bible. He couldn't read the newspaper. He couldn't understand it. He was illiterate. And he was, but he had a, a revelation of Jesus Christ. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he was unashamed and unafraid. And they were talking about this one man that was dead in this, I think, I, I'm trying to remember where it was. It may have been in Australia. They were praying for this particular guy. And they didn't know what to pray. They surrounded his bed. And they just put their hands on his bed, this group of people, with, with uh, Brother Wigglesworth. And they began to pray. They just began to say the name, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. The Bible says in Song of Solomon that his name is like oil that's poured out. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And they said that the room was filled with the very strange power of his presence and the bed began to shake under the presence of the Lord. And the dude sat up in his bed. It was just the supernatural presence of God that's the goodness of the Lord that's associated with his name. His name His name is like oil poured out. In chapter 34, verse 6, it says, The Lord passed before Moses. This is the answer to that prayer. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. So the goodness of the Lord is associated with those two two things. The name of the Lord is which is the person of Jesus Christ, and the power of his presence, which is the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the beautiful thing. You begin to call upon the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes on the scene. Begin to talk about Jesus, and the Holy Ghost comes on the scene. You start glorifying the name of Jesus. You start exalting the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes. He comes and begins to rearrange the furniture and the atmosphere in your life. 2 Chronicles 5.13, we're talking about the goodness of the Lord. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, they began to sing one of David's psalms. For he is, say it. Say it again. He is, and his mercy endures forever. 
When they begin to sing that, they begin to, they were in one accord in public worship. The music was playing and they were singing one of David's psalms and they were stuck like we were stuck singing that chorus earlier this morning. They were stuck singing this chorus for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, the Lord, he is good and his mercy endures forever. Just try it with me for a moment. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, the Lord, he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Oh, the Lord, he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Try it. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. In that place of one heart and one soul, the glory of the Lord, the goodness, the manifestation of goodness. Oh, yeah, we're not talking about a a philosophical idea about his goodness. We're talking about the reality of his goodness stepping into our life and touching and changing everything. The goodness of the Lord, it's connected to, to the advancing of his kingdom. You begin to honor him and worship him and draw near to him and, and draw near into his presence and saturate yourself in the goodness of the Lord. This is the response. They sang responsively in Ezra. The people in Ezra began to do just like the people in Chronicles did. They sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. They were singing that same song, for he is good. Hundreds of years had passed now, but here they were again. They were, at the, they, they were planning to rebuild the temple that they had lost. They were rebuilding the temple in, in Ezra's time. And they begin to sing the same song, the song of David. Oh, the Lord is good and his mercy for, is, endures forever toward Israel. For he is good and his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The building of his kingdom is God's work. This morning, Courtney was singing in the very beginning of the service about, about stepping in, stepping into the, to the song of the Lord, stepping into the spontaneous song, stepping in corporately and singing in this, in the, in this spiritual realm with your brothers and sisters, singing in, in your natural language and singing in your heavenly language, corporately, publicly. And as you do, the song of the Lord begins to, to take, go out and begins to lay the foundation of the house of the Lord's. He begins to build his kingdom. His kingdom is not stones. His kingdom is human lives. The word of the Lord begins to go out as we sing responsively. And our worship here, my friends, is a weapon in this city. The worship that happens in this congregation. When we come together and the glory comes down, it's like a, it's like a laser of the glory of God infiltrating the city of New Orleans. It goes out and does the work of God. It goes out and touches the hearts of those that he's calling into, into the kingdom of God. Family members, sons and daughters, parents and brothers and sisters and people we work with infiltrating the very fabric of this community as we worship together. One heart, one soul, the glory of the Lord begins to go out. That's what they were talking about. Oh, they begin to shout because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The foundation of the house of the Lord and the walls of his building are being constructed by the, by the work of God as we worship together. One heart, one soul, one purpose, honoring and drawing near to the goodness of our God. Amen. 
his goodness. Psalm 23, David's psalm, the shepherd's psalm, surely, woo, surely, sure, everyone say surely. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Let's try that again. Say this with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Oh, the goodness and mercy of God are chasing after me. Chasing after me when I wake up. Watching over me as I sleep. Watching over me at work. Watching over me in my my day-to-day activities. The goodness and the mercy. The goodness of God. Woo! The goodness of God. Woo! The goodness of God is following after me every day of my life. Oh yeah, he's, he's orchestrating my life according to his good plan. Amen. The goodness of the Lord is connected to my instruction. Good and upright is the Lord's. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. So the Lord is good, and out of his goodness, he's teaching me. Oh, yeah, when I come under the influence of his goodness, his word and his spirit, the word of God is, a, is the revelation of Christ, his presence, the manifestation of his goodness. I come under the influence of his goodness, his presence, and his word, and it begins to instruct me on how to live my life. Oh yeah, he puts a bridle on my tongue. He puts a guard on my heart. He puts a veil over my eyes. He begins to orchestrate the steps of my life. He begins to order my steps and unveil to me the purposes and plans for his life. He begins to instruct me by his spirit in the way I'm to live my life. Oh yeah, his, his goodness is connected to the instruction of my life. Amen. Now this one, Psalm 27, 13, another one of David's Psalms. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. Anyone ever felt like giving up before? Anybody? Anybody? Felt like throwing in a towel on whatever? Oh, you don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't give in. Don't give up. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart, David said. I would have given up unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If, you know, if, if all else, if all else fails, one thing I know, I've tasted the edge of his goodness. I've tasted the edge of the other side. Even this morning as we were worshiping God, the kingdom of heaven broke in. And I know that I know that there's another realm beyond this realm. And I would have given up time and time again if I didn't know in my knower that there's another kingdom. And God's the God of that other kingdom. And I'm tasting that other kingdom. Oh yeah, I would have despaired. I would have lost heart unless I had believed, Shimon Deste, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Thank you, Jesus. This goodness is stored up. It's stored up for who? Oh, how abundant, Landrema. How abundant, Lord. How abundant is your goodness, which you've stored up for who? For those who fear you. And work for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of, his, of mankind. Oh, thank you, Lord God. There is stored up goodness 
They're stored up for me, God. Your goodness is stored up for my life. God, you've, you've touched my heart. Lord, the fear of God has been awakened in my life. Lord God, when you came down, the fear of God began to, to surround me and entered into my life. Oh God, I begin to reverence and fear you. I begin to have an awe and respect for your greatness. And God, I thank you that your your goodness is stored up, stored up for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sakama, Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see. Hallelujah. Now that'd be good. We could do that right right here in this moment, right now. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, it's like, this is so strange that David compared it to this, but it's like tasting foods that you've never tasted before. You know, how do you, how do you describe someone from Pennsylvania, what gumbo tastes like? I mean, how do you tell them? You can't. You have to put, yeah, you have to put the bowl in front of them and let them take a scoop for themselves. That's the only way they'll ever know. You can sit there and talk about it all you want, but there's, it's indescribable. And it's the same way, how do you describe to someone that's never had an avocado, what does an avocado taste like? Doesn't taste like chicken, what does it taste like? You know, it's, it's got its own unique, it's, its own uniqueness about it. What does a carrot taste like? What does a potato taste like? What does celery taste like? What does broccoli taste like? What does an onion taste like? And what does it happen when you mix all these, these things together and you make a, a, a whatever you're going to make out of it? It tastes, will it taste like this? That's how you'll ever know. So David, is, he's telling us the way, the way to know about the goodness. You have to taste, taste. You have to taste the goodness. The proof is known in the tasting. You have, to, you have to open your mouth and let him come. And you have to j- jump in and let his, let his goodness come. You taste in the morning. You get up and you begin to read the scriptures. And you meditate on the scriptures. You begin to focus and let them soak deep down in your soul. Then you open up your heart and you begin to sing songs to the Lord. Sing to the Lord with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You, you sing out to him in your heavenly language. And you begin to drink and you, you wait till his presence comes. And then you begin to focus focus and meditate on his presence. It's tasting. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste his goodness. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Psalms 100 verse 5, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. The Lord is good and his goodness lasts and endures forever and ever and ever. He was good the first day that I called upon the Lord. He was good when we first birthed and we first led us into the ministry. He's been good all throughout these years of ministry and he's good and will be good in my life to my last day, dying day or until the day that he returns for this, for his church, for the body of Christ. The Lord is good, and His goodness endures forever in my life. koto. Yeah, yeah. You know, get beyond get goodness. Goodness is not necessarily connected to the circumstances of your life. You can eat gumbo when it's raining outside. You can eat gumbo when the sun is shining. You can eat gumbo at a funeral or at a wedding. And it's still good. Right? It's unaffected by the circumstances of life. It's good. 
And it might even make, it may, might make you even feel a little better about the circumstances. Oh, the Lord is good. Just take a little praise break with me for a minute here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 65:11. My year is crowned with His goodness. Every day, every 365 days of my year is crowned with the goodness of the Lord. He is crowned every day. He's crowned Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, January, February, March, April, May. From every from from 1952 to 2015, He is marked and crowned every day with His goodness. Hallelujah, goodness. The goodness of the Lord is reserved and it's connected to the pure of heart. Truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. Have you ever noticed the childlikeness of people that have the touch of God upon their life? You know, recently we had a guest with us for the first time. His name was Leland. Awesome young guy. I love that, that guy. I love the anointing on his life. I love the presence on his life. And you can know just by... by by sensing what's on his life, that he's the real thing. Well, there's a simplicity in a child. You know the first thing he did? The first thing he did when he finished Sunday night service, he went to the back room, got out his phone, and called his mom to tell him how the service went. Mom, that's not cool, but that's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. I mean, Timmy, it's awesome. You know what it is? It's childlike. It's, it's, it's pure in heart. The pure in heart... That's what I want to be. I want to be childlike. I want to be childlike. I want to, I want to be simple and believe and naive and trust in the Lord and trust that he's going to show up in my life. It says here that truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. He's connected to his mercy. You, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. So the, the goodness of God is connected to the mercy of God. Blessings flow out of his goodness. Psalm 107 verse 8. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Yeah, out of his goodness is spinning his provision, his guidance, his blessing, his blessing on the work of your hands, his blessing on your body, his blessing on your marriage, his blessing on your children, the fruit of your labor, blessing and harvest is flowing out of the goodness of the Lord. His hand is upon your life like the Lord said to Abraham, Abraham, every place the sole of your foot treads, I'm going to give it to you. Goodness and mercy were following his sons and daughters as they possessed the land. This same goodness is on your life and the fruitfulness and the blessing of God is on your life. Amen. It's connected to the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord satisfies our soul. It says in Jeremiah 31, 14, I will satiate the soul of the priests. Satiate. That's not a word we use too much. It means to... To fill to the full, it means it can be translated to intoxicate, to imbib, to, to fill every part of that person's being with a, with a liquid substance. I will satiate the souls of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. Yes, Samante, goodness. 
Landra, fill in every poor, every being. If anyone is thirsty, this my every anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink of the goodness of the Lord, and out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. My soul will be satisfied, shall be abundantly satisfied, shall be satiated, satiated, intoxicated with the goodness of the Lord's. Amen. It's connected to the fear of God. I'll make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts so that they will not depart from me. The goodness of the Lord is connected to the fear of God. It's for those who wait and seek. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It's good to wait in the presence of the Lord. It's good to, to gather together for prayer. It's good to just spend times in prayer when you're just really not praying about anything but waiting upon God. Waiting upon God to come and, and to fill your hearts. Waiting upon His good, goodness. It's like the song that Martin Smith wrote, Find Me in the River. Yeah, just go and lay down on the floor and get under the goodness of God and allow your soul to be satiated and, and wait and wait and wait on the goodness of the Lord. If you're not disciplined to do that, we have, we have two opportunities every week. We have Sunday night from 6 to 7 where we have prayer before service. We have Wednesday morning from 6 to 7 where we have prayer, waiting upon the Lord, letting our souls to delight and waiting. Those who wait and seek will experience the goodness of the Lord. I have two more scriptures. How great is its goodness, Zechariah 9, 17. How great is its goodness and how great is its beauty. Grain shall make the young men thrive. The goodness of the Lord is beautiful. He's absolutely beautiful beyond description. No, it's not something that you see with your natural eyes. As a matter of fact, the, the prophet Isaiah said that Jesus, the man wasn't unusually beautiful and attractive in the natural. He said it wasn't someone that would, would stop you in your tracks because he wasn't comely, he wasn't exceedingly attractive in the natural. But there was some kind of unexplainable beauty that was flowing out from every part of him. There's a beauty, the beauty of the Lord's. It's the beauty of the Lord that fills his presence, the, the manifestation of his anointing is the manifestation of his goodness. And, and David's described, he says, one thing will, will I save the Lord and one thing will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon his manifested beauty, his glory, to look upon the beauty. It's his beauty. It's the beauty of the Lord. When, you, when, you, when you're struck with the spiritual beauty of the Lord, you are soul smitten. Your soul is smitten. It's the attractiveness of God. And for those that have smelled the smell or seen the sight or, or experienced the, the beauty of the glory of the Lord, I have to say the beauty of the Lord is simply irresistible irresistible you can't once you've tasted it it's like you are totally hooked and that's that's the the power of the beauty of the lord's the beauty it's the beauty of the lord that breaks the addictions of this life 
It's the beauty of the Lord that breaks immorality. It breaks it. It breaks it off of your life. It breaks alcohol addictions. It breaks substance abuse addictions. It's the beauty of the Lord. Beholding His beauty is strongly attractive and liberating at the same time. You become monogamous. Monogamous. One love. One love, you can't have multiple loves. The other loves are, are like nothing. It's the pearl of great price. It's the treasure hidden in a field. It's beauty beyond compare. You become monogamous, strangely attracted to this unseen beauty that's beautiful beyond description. The beauty of the Lord. And it fills this holy temple. It fills, it's most clearly displayed in the gathering of his sons and daughters when they come together with one heart and begin to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. The beauty of the Lord fills the temple and it's like an incense, like a smoke, like a fire, like a love that's shed abroad in our hearts and it's strangely attractive. It draws us in. It feeds our souls. It delivers our souls. It heals our souls and heals our bodies. Strangely attractive and strangely compelling. Compelled by the love of God. In this last verse, this same beauty, oh yeah, it leads us to repentance. Do you, do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. Oh man, that's what I was just describing just now. I was just describing that, you know, our, our souls become attracted to the deceiving beauties of this world. The world has, makes promises of pleasure and it it's, can be described as beautiful or entertaining and it, it could be in the eyes of someone that's in, in the body of someone you're not married to or in a, a substance or it's a, some sort of behavior and it it's, makes a promise to us and it, once we, we, are, we begin to indulge in it, it, be, it begins, a, it's like gets a hook in us. It gets a hold of us. And we become, whether we admit it or not, we become slaves of whatever it is we give ourselves to. We become attached to it. We become attached to it. And then this, when you come into the, and that's why it's the, this, this emphasis on the power and presence of the Lord is so, so important. It's in the power of his presence that his beauty is revealed. It's in the manifestation of his glory that our souls are liberated. Our souls are liberated by the, by the power of his love, by his beautiful presence. He comes into us. And repentance doesn't even seem like a sacrifice anymore. It becomes our pleasure. You know, I've described this in my own life. My, my sin of pleasure was smoking pot. I was a slave to weed. I smoked it constantly from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed for about five years. I was, I was a stoner to the max. And you know what happens? I thought, I thought... I thought, you know, I knew, I knew I had to repent if I wanted to follow Jesus. I didn't want to repent. I knew I should. I knew I was doing wrong with other things in my life as well. I did not want to repent. Until the day that I was stepped right face to face with beauty. I saw his beauty. I felt his beauty. I, felt, I saw the beauty of God revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. 
I got around this Christian singing songs and I, I felt the beauty of his presence. And the, the false, the facade that the world offered me, this in my case, smoking weed, the facade was so inferior compared to the reality of Christ. The beauty, the promise of the world was so inferior. There wasn't a question. It wasn't a sacrifice. It was a pleasure to walk out of that other world and to step into this new world. The goodness of God was leading me to repentance. And I loved it. I loved it because of the pleasure that was there in this beautiful Christ and this beautiful person, this beautiful presence. This presence that warmed my soul, that satisfied my thirst, that filled me with purpose and life, that directed my steps. Oh, the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. He is good beyond compare. And His goodness is here in this, in this house today. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.